A New Way to Pay Old Debt, by Philip Massinger. Act 1. Scene 1. Enter Wellborn in tattered apparel, tapwool and froth. Frank Wellborn, a prodigal. No bouse, nor no tobacco. Tapwell, an alehouse keeper. Not a suck, sir, nor the remainder of a single can left by a drunken porter, all night palled too. Froth. Not the dropping of the tap for your morning's draft, sir. Tis verity, I assure you. Verity, you brash. The devil turned precision. Rogue, what am I? Troth, durst I trust you with a looking glass, to let you see your trim shape, you would quit me and take the name yourself. How, dog? Even so, sir, and I must tell you, if you but advance your Plymouth cloak you shall be soon instructed there dwells, and within call, if it please your worship, a potent monarch called the constable, that does command a citadel called the stocks, whose guards are certain files of rusty billmen such as with great dexterity will hail your tattered, lousy, rascal, slave, froth, wife of Tapwell. Why, thou unthankful villain, darst thou talk thus, is not thy house, and all thou hast, my gift. I find it not in chalk, and Timothy Tapwell does keep no other register. Am not I he whose riots fed and clothed thee? Wert thou not born on my father's land, and proud to be a drudge in his house? What I was, sir, it skills not. What you are, is apparent. Now, for a farewell, since you talk of father, in my hope it will torment you, I'll briefly tell your story. Your dead father, my quantum master, was a man of worship, old Sir John Wellborn, justice of peace and quorum, and stood fair to be custos rotulorum, bore the whole sway of the shire, kept a great house, relieved the poor, and so forth, but he dying, and the twelve hundred a year coming to you, late Master Francis, but now forlorn wellborn. Slave, stop, or I shall lose myself. Very hardly, you cannot out of your way. But to my story, you were then a lord of acres, the prime gallant, and I your under butler. Note the change now. You had a merry time off, hawks and hounds, with choice of running horses, mistresses of all sorts and all sizes, yet so hot, as their embraces made your lordship melt, which your uncle, Sir Giles Overreach, observing, resolving not to lose a drop of them, on foolish mortgages, statutes, and bonds, for a while suppled your looseness, and then left you. Some curate hath penned this invective, mongrel, and you have studied it. I have not done yet. Your land gone, and your credit not worth a token you grew a common borrower. No man scapped your paper pellets, from the gentlemen to the beggars on highways, that sold you switches in your gallantry. I shall switch your brains out. Where poor Tim Tapwell, with a little stock, some forty pounds or so, bought a small cottage, humbled myself to marriage with my froth here, gave entertainment. Yes, to whores and canters, clubbers by night. True, but they brought in profit, and had a gift to pay for what they called for, and stuck not like your mastership. The poor income I gleaned from them hath made me in my parish thought worthy to be scavenger, and in time I may rise to be overseer of the poor, which if I do, on your petition, wellborn, I may allow you thirteen pence a quarter. And you shall thank my worship. Thus, you dog bolt, and thus, beats and kicks him, to his wife, cry out for help, stir, and thou diest, your potent prince, the constable, shall not save you. Hear me ungrateful hell-hound. Did not I make purses for you? Then you licked my boots, and thought your holiday cloak too coarse to clean them. Twas I that, when I heard thee swear if ever thou couldst arrive at forty pounds thou wouldst live like an emperor.
Twas I that gave it in ready gold. Deny this, wretch. I must, sir. For, from the tavern to the taphouse, all, on forfeiture of their licenses, stand bound ne'er to remember who their best guests were, if they grew poor like you. They are well rewarded that beggar themselves to make such cuckolds rich. Thou viper, thankless viper, impudent bod. But since you are grown forgetful, I will help your memory, and tread you into mortar, nor leave one bone unbroken. Beats him again. Oh. Ask mercy. Enter Allworth. Twill not be granted. Tom Allworth, a young gentleman, page to Lord Lavelle. Hold for my sake, hold. Deny me, Frank? They are not worth your anger. For once thou hast redeemed them from this scepter. But let them vanish, creeping on their knees, and, if they grumble, I revoke my pardon. This comes of your prating, husband. You presumed on your ambling wit, and must use your glib tongue, though you are beaten lame for it. Patience, froth. There's law to cure our bruises. They go off on their hands and knees. Send to your mother. My lady, Frank, my patroness, my all. She's such a mourner for my father's death. And in her love to him, so favors me. That I cannot pay too much observance to her. There are few such stepdames. Tis a noble widow, and keeps her reputation pure, and clear from the least taint of infamy. Her life, with the splendor of her actions, leaves no tongue to envy or detraction. Prithee tell me, has she no suitors? Even the best of the shire, Frank. My lord accepted, such as sue and send. And send and sue again, but to no purpose. Their frequent visits have not gained her presence. Yet she's so far from sullenness and pride. That I dare undertake you shall meet from her. A liberal entertainment. I can give you. A catalogue of her suitors' names. Forbear it, while I give you good counsel. I am bound to it. Thy father was my friend, and that affection I bore to him, in right descends to thee. Thou art a handsome and a hopeful youth, nor will I have the least affront stick on thee, if I with any danger can prevent it. I thank your noble care, but pray you in what? Do I run the hazard? Art thou not in love? Put it not off with wonder. In love, at my years. You think you walk in clouds, but are transparent. I have heard all and the choice that you have made, and, with my finger, can point out the north star by which the lodestone of your follies guided. And, to confirm this true, what think you of fair Margaret, the only child and heir of Cormorant over each? Does it blush and start, to hear her only named? Blush at your want of wit and reason. You are too bitter, sir. Wounds of this nature are not to be curred with bombs, but corrosives. I must be plain. Art thou scarce manumist from the porter's lodge and yet sworn servant to the pantoful, and darst thou dream of marriage? I fear twill be concluded for impossible that there is now, or e'er shall be hereafter, a handsome page or player's boy of fourteen but either loves a wench, or drabs love him. Court waiters not exempted. This is madness. How are you have discovered my intents? You know my aims are lawful, and if ever. The queen of flowers, the glory of the spring. The sweetest comfort to our smell, the rose. Sprang from an envious briar, I may infer. There's such disparity in their conditions. Between the goodness of my soul, the daughter. And the base churl her father. Grant this true. 
as I believe it. Canst thou ever hope to enjoy a quiet bed with her whose father ruined thy state? And yours too. I confess it. True, I must tell you as a friend, and freely, that, where impossibilities are apparent, tis indiscretion to nourish hopes. Canst thou imagine, let not self-love blind thee, that Sir Giles overreach, that, to make her great in swelling titles, without touch of conscience will cut his neighbor's throat, and I hope his own too, will e'er consent to make her thine? Give o'er, and think of some course suitable to thy rank, and prosper in it. You have well advised me. But in the meantime you that are so studious, of my affairs wholly neglect your own. Remember yourself, and in what plight you are. No matter, no matter. Yes, tis much material. You know my fortune and my means, yet something. I can spare for myself to help your wants. How's this? Nay, be not angry, there's eight pieces. To put you in better fashion. Money from thee. From a boy. A stipend diary. One that lives at the devotion of a stepmother and the uncertain favor of a lord. I'll eat my arms first. Howsoe'er blind fortune hath spent the utmost of her malice on me, though I am vomited out of an alehouse, and thus accoutred. Know not where to eat, or drink, or sleep, but underneath this canopy. Although I thank thee, I despise thy offer, and as I in my madness broke my state without the assistance of another's brain, in my right wits I'll piece it. At the worst, die thus and be forgotten. A strange humor. Exeunt.